You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Happy Thursday. Today is the first day of the third week of the preseason. Uh, A bunch of teams are playing tonight. Uh, We're going to get a lot more information. A lot of teams are playing there their starters into the half, um, maybe even a first series uh, into the third quarter. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully we'll get a lot of answers to a couple of the gaps that, that, that we have with respect to a lot of the fantasy relevant players. Uh, but do want to continue talking about uh, week two and, and what we know until up until now, right? And, and hopefully, you know, we can get more information starting tonight throughout this weekend. Uh, we can add to that and we could kind of form our opinion that way. But anyway, um, the first guy I want to talk about is James Washington. Um, he's been flashy throughout camp. He's been making, I'm sorry, throughout preseason for a second straight preseason. Um, uh, he's doing it against the twos, right? And that's kind of the only issue, right? Dante Moncrief right now is playing with the ones. Um, he had the most snaps besides Juju uh, with the ones last week. Uh, James Washington only had one snap with the ones last week. And Deontay Johnson, uh, Ryan Switzer, um, Eli Rogers, even having more uh, snaps with the ones than him. Uh, and Dante Moncrief apparently has a great rapport with Ben uh, in practice. So that kind of tells you that, that Moncrief has the upper hand right now, even though, you know, um, James Washington's making all these plays, and even though Dante Moncrief fumbled in his first touch last week. Now, it's still possible. Now, if he's on the field in three wide receiver sets and Ben has a rapport with Moncrief, it might not matter that James Washington is is on the field, right? Like, we know that Ben loves to target outside wide receivers, and yes, he had A-B, so that that meant a lot. But almost like 45 or 46% of his passes have gone to outside wide receivers. Um, That's a lot more than A-B's target share, right? Um... And, and and because of that, like you, and by the way, that's the highest of any quarterback with 800 or more attempts, any active quarterback, um, thrown to the outside. Um, so wh- whoever he has rapport with on the outside, you know, is going to be fantasy relevant. Um, it might split, right? It might not, but it's worth paying attention to. Alexander Madison uh, started the game for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook didn't play. Obviously, he's the guy on all three downs. Alexander Madison, though, he's pretty talented. Um, he looks good. Um, they're all over him, and he will be the three-down handcuff for Dalvin Cook. So I'm drafting him if I'm drafting Cook. Just want to mention how good Adam Thielen looked. Like I, I was all over Diggs this offseason, but Adam Thielen looked fucking really good. I mean, he was going deep. He was separating. Kirk Cousins was targeting him and peppering him with targets. That's all I want to say. So, Chris Carson uh, was the clear guy in the Seahawks' backfield. Like, the guy. Like, we we thought that maybe that Rashad Penny would potentially, you know, earn like 40% of snaps potentially. And maybe more, maybe 50-50. But it was a 79-21% to snap ratio, rate, difference, difference. Between these two, I mean that's that's a lot. That that basically, I mean, seventy nine percent is like really really good. 
So Chris Carson's value goes up. Rashad Penny doesn't seem like he's really a big part of the rotation, um, at least from what we saw. He didn't come in until later, like like almost the first quarter was almost done. He came in on the third and five. Um, so Chris Carson's, Chris Carson's the guy. Like he, he was playing on third downs too. So his value goes up. Uh, but his ADP went up too. He's going at the three four turn right now, and it's somewhat appropriate. And and Rashad Penny though, like he might just he might not be more than a handcuff right now. We thought that maybe he could have some standalone value in PPR. At least I did for sure. Um, you know, based on their usage on Mike with Mike Davis last year, and Penny potentially taking a step forward, and you know him having that you know home run potential too. But mm, not looking good. Moving to San Francisco, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida uh, shared that backfield. Um, they played so Coleman outsnapped Breida six to five, so it was a pretty even split. They were both involved in the pass game. Uh, Breida definitely improved his passing traps um, from 2017 to 2018 for sure. He was pretty bad in 2017 and 2018. He really stepped it up, but um, you know he's a fit in the offense. Both of them are. Uh, Coleman right now is going, I think, in the fifth, early fifth round, um, and Matt Breida is going in the tenth. Um, according to Fantasy Football Calculator in 12-team PPR League. So, obviously, that's a value. McKinnon's knee ain't right right now. Um, he's getting some plasma. He got some plasma injection injection or some shit. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Lynch, right? That's the GM of the 49ers. He basically said that he's not... They're not in a rush to get him back because of all the depth they have. Um, he even brought up Raheem Mostert, right? And who looked good, by the way, in this preseason game. But anyway, uh, it's like... It's a situation where McKinnon might start the year on IR. It might not happen too but at the same time they're not going to rush him um i don't know what's going to happen with when mckinnon comes back um he might not get too many touches um but it, it'll be interesting to see if when he's fully healthy you know if matt breeding gets pushed aside a little bit or if matt breeding just continues to play uh, a role in a one-two punch or will it become a three-man backfield so Taking a shot on Brita, um, I think, isn't a huge deal. I think Tevin Coleman, no matter what, will be part of this offense. Will be the probably the 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 one A in this offense, regardless. So I think both are relatively safe, even if McKinnon um, potentially get, makes his way into this rotation. Um, and I'm talking about as far as risk is concerned. Like you're not paying too much for Brita um, in the tenth round in case his value kind of becomes unplayable at a certain point because you kind of 10th round you're, you're kind of that's the point where like you want somebody who's going to contribute but at the same time you're kind of shooting for upside and you might not you might be okay with that Mark Andrews on the Ravens uh, tight end of the Ravens has has been super intriguing right he's been a guy that a lot of people have been saying that could potentially break out this year um, he's going late so he's a potential value um, but and, and this is the thing that has been like like the problem with these Ravens tight ends is that they have too many they always do um, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst uh, is getting a lot of playing time with the ones. Um, they themselves, not Mark Andrews, had five targets this past preseason game, and Mark Andrews wasn't targeted at all. Um, the week before that, in week one, Mark Andrews played six of the 16 snaps um, that the starters played. So I just feel like these tight ends are just going to get in the way of having uh, Mark Andrews become consistent. I can't believe that Emmanuel Sanders is already back. Uh, from tearing his Achilles. That's a, a pretty quick turnaround right there. That's not an easy injury to recover from. And on top of that, you're over 30 um, and you're starting in this game. Joe Flacco was looking for him. He was targeting him and he was making plays downfield. He looked good. I, I can't believe that shit. Um, but he's going in the ninth or 10th round right now. This honestly kills the value of any other uh, wide receiver on a cons- for, from a consistency basis. 
Um, not looking at Cortland Sutton. Not looking at Deshaun Hamilton. Um, and if anybody, I'm looking at Emmanuel Sanders. Hunter Henry was in on 84% of first-team snaps this past week. We're going to get a lot bigger sample size hopefully this weekend. Um, but when he played more than 70% of snaps in his career, obviously there was a bunch of injuries involved, uh, but he's back. So when he played over 70% of snaps, um, if you look at those games um, and then you kind of look at the 16-game pace for those games, um, he would have, like, and you put, a, you put that in context of last year, he would have um, finished only behind the big three of Ertz, Kelsey, and Kittle. So that tells you what you need to know about his ceiling, his potential. Um, he's going in the early sixth round right now. He's probably the only tight end that I'll be considering in those middle rounds, personally. Ty Montgomery has been the clear handcuff to Le'Veon Bell, playing all three downs. Uh, he's a very versatile player. So, you know, if you draft Lev Bell and you want to kind of protect that early round investment, uh, Montgomery is the guy. and you, you can get him, like, with your last pick. Mark Ingram got the start for the Ravens, obviously, this past week. Um, he played with the starters for only six snaps. He was taken off the field. He was put on ice. Uh, then Kenneth Dixon came in next. He had a couple snaps. He got hurt, of course, uh, but he did come back in the game, so he's fine. Um, Gus Edwards then came in the game, had some snaps. Then him and Dixon kind of split for a little bit. Uh, Justice Hill didn't come until later in the game, kind of playing against second and third stringers. Uh, looked really good. Um, got a goal line touch as well, converted. Um, and, and he has some juice. Um, I, I always thought that he would be the best compliment to Mark Ingram. Um, but these two other guys were playing ahead of him. Now, they're both, like, especially like Gus Edwards, he's a downhill runner just like Ingram. So if Ingram were, Ingram were to go down, he might, you know, kind of, get that role, that downhill runner role on early downs, right? Because he wasn't really involved in the passing game at all last year. Um, but we could see um, the rookie, Justice Hill, get some work potentially on third down, maybe kind of to spell Ingram because we know how run-heavy they're going to be, um, kind of have a change of pace. So we'll see what his involvement is. Maybe we'll get a better idea uh, this week in the third week of preseason. Jake Kumro looked really good this preseason. Um he is the fourth wide receiver on the totem pole, and Aaron Rodgers has talked him up in the past. Um, we've, we've seen rapport between him and Rodgers, like, late last season. So, um, because of that, like, if any of those three wide receivers go down, he'll be the next man up. And if that ever were to happen, I think he's a must-pickup uh, because of that rapport that they already have and how Rodgers, how much Rodgers already likes him. Josh Jacobs played every snap of that first drive for the Raiders with their starters. Unfortunately, there weren't any third down, third downs, so we couldn't see whether he would stay on the field. Um, that would have been great to kind of get that data point. Uh, we can't forget about Jalen Rashard, um, who is the favorite to get those passing down snaps. Uh, but it's, there's still a possibility of Josh Jacobs getting a handful of that. And if that's the case, his value definitely goes up. Um, he's definitely capable in the passing game, so that's something to look out for this weekend. The Cardinals' offense looked super awkward. They didn't look good, but Cliff Kingsbury said that they're not installing the air raid offense until uh, week one. And they're not, they're not going to put that out in the preseason. They don't want to tip their hand. I get it. Um, uh, but we can't take too much out of this preseason for them, even with the starters. Um, DJ was in there for, like, every down. Um, you had Christian Kirk kind of rotating in, but every time he did come in, he was playing in the slot. We want to target those slot wide receivers on this particular offense because they produce. We might have to start paying attention to Cole Beasley. I know it's a little crazy, but in PPR leagues, he might be a name to look out for later in your draft. Um, in this past game, Josh Allen literally threw him the ball every other play. He threw 11 times, and 
five of those passes went Beasley's way, and Beasley caught all five for 44 yards. Um, that's remember, this is all like in the first quarter, right, with the first team. Um, so you know, Beasley, you know, you kind of think back. And, you know, he had offers from the Patriots and some other teams, and there was a reason why he came here. He said it wasn't about money. It was about opportunity, and that opportunity might literally be the amount of passes that he he, he gets from his quarterback this year. So let's see what happens this weekend. Delaney Walker is back. Um, he's old as fuck, no doubt about it. Uh, but he's he can still be fantasy relevant. We've seen older tight ends be fantasy relevant in the past because you know after a certain tier they become touchdown dependent. And I think Marcus and I think uh, a guy like Delaney Walker, who is very talented, who's been one of the most consistent tight ends year over year over the past several years, um, can still produce. Mariota loves targeting the tight end too. I mean he's only behind Carson Wentz in the percentage of throws that he targets tight ends. Um, you know, out of any quarterback with more than 800 attempts. Um, so he's going to be looking for, for Walker. Um, he, his injury last year isn't indicative of future injuries. So he's a guy, like, if I'm, if I punt the tight end position, like, I'm literally okay with picking up Delaney Walker in the 12th round uh, and starting him week one. I'm fine with it because I'm also comfortable streaming tight ends. That's just how I play. Devin Singletary is a guy who you could pick up relatively late, uh, who is a high upside option. Now, he has a couple of hurdles, right? Frank Gore is ahead of him on the depth chart. LaShawn McCoy is ahead of him as well. Um, but LaShawn McCoy can potentially be traded. He could be cut. There are a couple of options there, and the team might not have him on the roster come week one. That's a possibility, right? And then you have Frank Gore, who it's like, you know, if you're Adam Gase, maybe you want to play him, but... Maybe in Buffalo, you're like, you know what? You're old. You know, you still got a little bit left. But I got a young buck here who's very versatile and can do some things. Um, so they might want to give Singletary a shot at that starting gig. And maybe he's he becomes that most valuable running back. So there's a little bit of a path. It's a little bit of a rocky path for Devin Singletary to do his thing um, and get opportunity. But it's there. Um, and he looked pretty good, especially in the past game. A couple wheel routes that were pretty impressive. Um, he, he looks like he uh, a three-down back as well. By the way, guys, uh, if you're looking for leagues to join, uh, you could. I, I set up a bunch of managed leagues in, on on the Sleeper app, and this is not paid or anything like that. I just, I, I just know a bunch of you are trying to join some leagues, so uh, I have the link in my bio, or you can swipe up here to join some.